Okay, Boker Tov. Boker Tov, Shabbat Tov. Today's daf is daf Chof Aleph. We'll start with Rabbi Yossi, a few lines down on the page. Rabbi Yossi Omar, we're discussing the issue when a Kohen Gadol dies. A Kohen Gadol has to bring every day during his term in office what's called the Minchas Kohen Mashiach, also called the Minchas Chavitin. He brings a solace of flour mixed with, uh, with uh, spices and oil, and he's supposed to bring half in the morning, half in the evening. So we saw in the Mishnah, let's say he dies, <coughs> if they appoint another one right away that day, <coughs> so then he also brings his own Isaran, but he brings only half. So if the coin Gadol died after he brought his first half later on in the morning, then they appoint another coin Gadol. So then we had the discussion about, well, uh, he brings only half his at night, and then the other part, the, the half remaining of the first coin Gadol and the extra half of the second coin Gadol, those are burnt. Those are burnt, those are destroyed. They're not offered on the Mizbech. But let's say another coin Godel is not, is not uh, appointed right away. So either the coin Godel's family or the Tzibor supplies the Minchas Chavitin, and that's not brought in halves. That's brought the whole thing. So the question was, it's brought Shlema. That's what the Mishnah said. They both agree. Rabbi Yuda and the Tanakama, who both who discuss about who, who it comes from. We said that's from Shimon. Uh, and the, the Gemara talked about the being Rabbi Shimon, but makes sense that the point is that there's a machlokas who it, who are, who brings it. Does the, do the Orshim bring it or not? And that's what we discussed at the end of the Gemara uh, yesterday's Gemara. But does Rabbi Shimon hold Rabbi Yud hold? But at the end of the day, they whoever brings it brings the whole thing. So what does that mean? They bring the whole thing. So the Gemara now discusses Rabbi Yosi Omar a few lines down on Chafalaf. Rabbi Yosi Omar, Rabbi Yochanan, boy, Mao Shleim Shachas Shleim Ben Abayim. When the coin Gadol died, and they haven't appointed another one yet, so wh- whoever brings it, the Yorshim of the coin Gadol, or the uh, Tzibor, or the comes from the Tzibor, from Lishcha, Lishcha so when, we, when they bring it, do they bring a whole one in the morning and, not, and, the, and another whole one at night? Not half in the morning, half at night. Or they just bring the whole thing in the morning and they don't bring it half at night. In other words, the, the, only the coin Gadol brings half in the morning, half at night. But if the coin Gadol has died and they haven't appointed another one, do they bring a whole one in the morning and whole one at night, or only a whole one in the morning and nothing at night? The Gemara says, well, Katei Pshitele, if Katei Pshitele is like Imtim Salomer, if you assume that, it says Minchas Tamed, you have to have it all the time. Minchas Tamed means just like you, there's always one in the morning and one in the evening, and now also you have to have it. Imtim Salomer, he says, the Makim Shleim Meshach was a Shleim Bar of Minchas Tamed, you always have to have the Mincha both in the morning and the evening. What about the Shloshis Lugenmein, the Isaron that the coin Gadol, when he's alive, brings it. And he brings it, we said, hey, brings, he prepares the whole thing, then he brings half in the morning, half at night. And that's with three Logan of Shemen that, that accompany it. That Gimelog Mein, Gimelog and Shachos, Gimelog and Benamayim. So here also, if you say that they have to bring a whole one in the morning and, half, and a whole one at night, so does that mean they also bring three Logan with the morning one and three Logan with the night? Oh, Logo Machs Shachos, Logo Machs Benamayim. Maybe you say no. That part, you only bring, in other words, the, if, if the coin gold will be alive and you bring one Esauron and divide that in two, so you'd bring one and a half log of Shemin in the morning and one and a half at night. Same thing here now too. Or do you need the full three Logan in the morning and full three Logan at night? Rav Chizkiah says, Here, here we have another, uh, another uh, one comes up. He asks another question. What about the comets of the Levona that he brings in the morning at night, you have this question too. Base comments bring when the coin is alive, he brings two two fistfuls of spices with it. 
And he divides that in half. So here also, do you say, now that you bring a whole one in the morning and a whole one at night, when the coin girl is not alive anymore, does that also mean two combs and two half fistfuls of the, of the incense, of the spices in the morning, or base combs and banner are by him? Because just like you bring the Holy Sword in the morning, the Holy Sword at night, the same thing with the Logan, possibly, and the same thing with the fistfuls. Oh, comes Peshachos, or comes right, or no. The, you say one fistful in the morning, one fistful at night, just as if the coin girl was alive. Amar Yossi, Klum Lam, Delokomis, how do we know about the fistful of spices? Lo mi minchas chote, isn't that learned out from minchas chote? And he explains, the Mfarsh explains like this. Lechem upon him, we have six loaves on, uh, on one, uh, one arrangement, six loaves on the other arrangement. Each one of them has to have a full fistful, the bzichen of, uh, of, of a, of, uh, incense. So lechem upon him is learned from minchas chote. That each one has to have a comets, and just like by lechem upon him, you need two fistfuls. So you also you need two fistfuls for every isaron. So if you have an isaron in the morning and a isaron at night, you should also need two fistfuls of spices in the morning and two fistfuls at night. So that's what he answers. For each isaron, and therefore you should need two in the morning, two at night. What about the three Logan? If you're learning it out from there, if you're learning everything out from something else, in other words, if you're saying that uh, the Kometz is learned out by Lechem Apanim from Minchas here too, so the same thing, so you should say, how do we know Shloshis Logan? You have to bring three Logan. The Pusik in the Parsha and Perak Vav, when it talks about the Kohen uh, Gadol's Minchas Chavitan, Minchas Komashiach, uh, it doesn't say the Logan over there. It's learned out from the Tumid of Bain Arbayim. Like the Tumid of Bain Arbayim, the evening Tumid has three Logan here too. Malon Gimelogan, Afkan Logan. So if you're learning out from something else, say the same thing to Rav Chizkiah, says to Rav Yossi, if you're saying, if you're asking that you should learn out the comates from Minchas Chote, well, how do we know the Logan? Logan is also learned out from the Tumid. So just, if, so why, are you, why do you have a question about, or do you bring three Logan in the morning, three at night, or one and a half, one and a half? If you're learning it out, look at where you're learning it out from. Well, Logan also, Logan, let me tell me says, Vinisco Ravia Sahin. Ravia Sahin is a quarter of a hen, and a hen is 12 logs. So that's three, uh, is 12 logs. So therefore, Ravia is three logs. So here also, you should have uh, three logs with each Isarom. So he says in reverse, but how do I know even there? Umataman, so he, he turned the tables on him. Yossi answered Rabchiskia. I'm not sure about over there also. Even by a tummit, I'm not sure. Let's say that, you know, the tummit is the ola that they bring in morning and the evening, right? The carbon tummit, the carbon ola they bring morning and evening. And with that tummit, you bring a minchas nesachim, with an isaron of solace, with the logan. He says, here, I'm also not sure. What happens if one morning they didn't bring the mincha with the ola, with the ola animal, they didn't bring the, the mincha along with it. So they made it up at night. So they bought two astronomers in the evening. Would you need three Logan for each Yisaron or not? In other words, even there, I'm not sure. You're learning enough. You want to learn enough from Tamash Abayim, but I'm not sure. Does it require three Logan or maybe not? Maybe um, if you're making it up, so to speak, and you're making up the mornings with the evening, like over here too, where you're bringing the Holy Saron in the evening and Holy Saron in the morning, maybe you don't need a three full Logan on each one. I'm not sure about that either. So all these questions, these questions basically stand. We don't think more does not uh, come out with a conclusion as what you need. We know that everybody agrees if the coin guttle died and you haven't appointed another one, uh, that, they, that they don't split it. They don't bring half in the morning and half in the evening, wherever they bring it from. 
but about the Logan and the Komets, etc., that the Gemara questions. Then the mission went now, on Brian, to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, yes. Are, are, these, are, are these Corbinos Talui in the Kohen Gadol, or it's just that the Kohen Gadol brings them? In other words, if there was no Kohen Gadol at all, would you still bring these these Corbinos? Yeah, well, the, 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 the Torah requires the Kohen Gadol to bring it, but if the Kohen Gadol is dead, like in this case, somebody else has to bring it. And that's the shout. Did the Yorshim bring it or did the Tzibor bring it? But it has to be brought. It's a requirement that it has to be brought every day. It's, ba- it's incumbent on the coin guard. If there's no coin guard, oh, somebody else has to bring it. If we would have a, let's say we, let's say the base of Mish would be rebuilt today, Merzashem. Somebody, they built the base of Mish would be rebuilt today and there's no coin guard appointed yet. We'd have to bring it because, uh, you know, we have an obligation. The Tzibor has an obligation to bring it in any case. All right. So the Mishnah said that, um, Shaloyia. What do we say there? They, one of the one of the tekanas that they made at Tznai Bezdin was that um, that the paraduma, the ashes that are left over, uh, the ashes left over is their sacrilege. If you if you have hanal from them, if you if you have pleasure, if you have pleasure from the ashes. Now, why would they use the ashes? Well, see, they use for medicinal purposes, but are you allowed to use them? So they made a tekana that there's no meila there. That, you know, you're allowed to have pleasure. Now, what do you mean, made a takana? If there's me'ilam in a Torah, the Chacham can't come along and annul that. They can't annul an Isra in the Torah. No no place to do that. They make more decrees to make a fence around the Torah, but they don't make a fence. So obviously we're talking about that there's no me'ilam in a Torah here. The question is, is there a Rabbanan? So it said they made a takana that there's no meal. What do you mean they made a takana? There wasn't any meal in the first place. So that's what the Gemara deals with now. Truth is, the rabbi should have made, should have been, you know, stay away from it, even though the Torah didn't specifically forbid having an off from the ashes of the paraduma. But they should, there should be sacrilege. But they made a that there's no mila. What's going on? I have a Tony, we learn chatos, chatos, the paraduma, even though technically it's not a carbon, it's, it's basically as Kedusha's Domim, like Kedusha's Bedekabayas, but it's called chatos. So therefore, you're Moel, you're, it's, it's, you commit sacrilege. If you had enough from the paradum itself, you're only moal in the animal, but not in its ashes. So what's going on over here? So why does he say over here that they've that there should be mila, but the rabbi said there's no mila. What do you mean there's no mila? There's no mila anyway. I mean the rabbis didn't say that. You don't need the rabbis to tell you there's no mila. There's no mila in the Torah anyway, because you have a pasuk who says there's only mila in the animal, not in its ashes. Originally, they used to um, uh, they used to treat it disrespectfully. How so? They used it as a salve on their on their uh, physical wounds, on their flesh wounds. So they used it. That, that wasn't nice to use it for for that. The Shimo. So the rabbis made exera, even though in Torah there's no meila. The rabbis said, "Listen, they're, they're, this isn't right to use it like this," and therefore they said, "You shouldn't. There's meila, and they shouldn't use it for your personal pleasure." Kivan shenigru. Once they abstained from using it, say, oh, there's me'ila there. So they didn't use it even where there was a suffix. In other words, they stopped using it for azah, for, for, for mixing it with the water, etc. Uh, because the suffix to mace. In other words, what happened? Let's say if a person's not sure, if you, what, do you, what do you use a paraduma for? To be matar, a person who was tamay mace, a person who went to a funeral, you use it to purify him. But let's say a person's a suffolk, he's not sure if he, he was at the funeral, but he wasn't sure if he was on the oil with the dead body, he's not sure if he's tummy or not. So <clears throat> then you're not supposed to, then you don't do the paraduma. But here, 
They say, well, if it's a suffix, let's not do it because otherwise we might be, cons- we might be uh, committing sacrilege because you're only supposed to use it, for, use it to be a tar person. Here, the person's already tar. We're not sure. So maybe you shouldn't. So they abstain. They said, if we're not sure, let's not do it. I don't want to mess around. I don't want to take any chances. So once they saw that people, that they abstained from using it because they, of a fear of committing rabbinical sacrilege, so then they made exerah that there's no mila there. They're really not mila. Then as they try to tell people, don't use it for medicinal purposes, but if you do, you're not really over on mila, even drabonin. Obviously, mila drabonin does not require carbon. Normally, you commit sacrilege, you have to pay, bring a carbon mila. That's what it's called, the carbon mila, and you have to pay 125% of the value of what you took. But over here, if it's drabonin, probably it was just a knas, and not, uh, obviously, you can bring a carbon for Allah uh, for drabonin. Balakinen. And the Mishnah said, and they made a takona that on Kinan Apsulis, remember we talked about if they found money between the boxes, between the chests, and you're not sure what you do, so you bring it all for an adava, right? So that, or, or and, and they said if it's puzzle, so you, they, that should, it should be, it should come from the tzibur, meaning when you have to make up it, when you have to make it up, meaning the, the uh, money was lost or became puzzle for some reason, so once it was in the uh, in the possession of the base of the person who gave that money for the carbon, what happens to him? Right? So they said, well, the Tzibur should supply uh, animals to replace the money that was uh, ruined or lost. Rabbi Yossi said, well, it's not that it comes from the Lishra itself, but the, the supplier, part of the deal of the supplier who supplies the birds, they pay him, they buy, you know, like 20,000 birds from the guy, and they say, listen, if we find another 10 or 20 that got lost or stolen, you got to make those up too. He throws that in. That's part of the deal. That's what Rabbi Yossi said at the end of the Mishnah. So here the Gemara explains. So Isha Zos, Mayim Skeparis, the woman who lost, let's say, she, let's say it was a woman, Azava, who brought money for her two uh, birds. And that money, you say, well, if you found money on the, on the floor, you're not sure what it is, you bring it as an adava. But she has to bring a chatos. We had this, we had this same more the other day. How does she get a kapara? Amrav Yitzchak, Tanai Bezin. It's a Tanai Bezin. Hamasapak is Akinan, Humasapak is Absulus Vesav. So one who supplies it, he has to supply for these puzzle ones too. And they bring chatos for her. In other words, if you're not sure, they bring, uh, they bring a chatos for her. Ah, it's not for sure a chatos. So we said it's a chatos of is able to be brought out of suffolk. You can't eat it because it's maybe not a chatos. Maybe it really should be an ola. You can't eat it, but a chatos of is bal suffolk. A, an animal is never brought, uh, not a bird, a four-legged animal is never brought as a suffolk. If it's a suffolk, if you're chayav a chatos or not, then you have an ashim tolu. That's what the ashim tolu is for. But by a bird, a, a bird chayav, a chatosof is brought al suffolk, and that's what they would do over here. So if they find, let's say, 10 coins for 10 birds, and they're not sure, maybe some of these birds should be chatos, we're bringing them all as olas, because olas is a, you go to Chomer, bring them all as olas. Maybe somebody's chayav a chatos there. So again, so if there was 10 birds there, uh, uh, 10 coins, and it could be high of 10 chatos, because it could be that was money from 10 different people at chatos. So you bring 10 chatos birds, and it's not eaten. And that's brought by the supply. The supply has to supply those extra birds. Hadlach Moshen Imtu, and now we come to the last parak in Shkola Mitzvah, we'll finish Shkola tomorrow. Kola Roken Now we know that Azava, Azava, uh, somebody is Tomei or Mitzorah, that they're, they're spit, any liquids that emanate from them are Tomei. So let's say you find spit um, on the street. You find spit in your Shalayim Torah. Normally, you assume that, it's, that the uh, spit of, uh, in most people are not Tomei's of, and therefore their spit is Torah. So if you find spit and you touched it, you're not necessarily Tomei, you assume it's Torah. Chutz, 
except there's a certain marketplace, uh, and if you find it over there, that is Tomei. The Gemara will explain what that is, not because of Zava Zava, because of Goyim are there, and we'll talk about that in the Gemara. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi says like this, it's not clear from the from the Mishnah Lashon, the Mishnah if he's speaking about the Shukali, and I think he's just talking about in general in Yerushalayim. Rabbi Yossi, most of the days of the year, uh, when people are not careful to become Tahar, because they're not bringing Karbonos usually. So, normally throughout the year, Sheba Emsa, if people are walking in the middle of the street, though you have to assume those people are Tame. And if you found spit on the, on the main thoroughfare in the middle of the road, you have to assume it's Tame, because maybe some of those people are Tame, they didn't bother becoming Tahar yet. Shebet Stud and Tahrim. But the Torah people, the people who are Tahar and want to stay Tahar, they stick to the sides of the street normally throughout the year, and therefore you can assume that's Torah. Again, this is all presumably based on what's rogue. Most of the people, most of the year, most of the people in the middle of the street are Tomei, and the people on the sides, most of them are Torah, so you can assume that's Torah. Bishasa Regal, time of Yontif, when people are Torah because they want to bring their Kabanos. So then the Torah people walk in the middle of the street, Shabbat Emsa Torah, and the ones in the middle of the street, that's Torah. If you find spit there, Shabbat Stud, and the ones on the side of Torah, Nesham, Shameutin, Mistakon Sudden. The minority people move to the sides. In other words, the main thoroughfare is used for the majority of people. So throughout the year, the majority of people are Tame. On Yantav time, most of the people are Torah. The mission doesn't describe exactly what Yantav time is. Presumably it's when people arrived in Yerushalayim. Kala Kalim, Animsas Yerushalayim, you find utensils. Utensils that could become Tame, like metal, right? Things that become Tame, not stoneware, but earthenware could become Tame. Kala Kalim, Animsas you find Kalim. And you're not sure, are they Torah or Tomei? Now, assuming you can keep it because it doesn't have a simon on it, whatever, and the Balaam is, uh, gave up hope. But whatever, if you find them in your Shalayim, the mikvahs, they used to make the mikvahs, and wherever the mikvah was, presumably it was a low-lying area where there would be water, whatever, the way down to the mikvah, they had an entrance going in, and they had an exit going out. It could be when people used it, it was also for tzniyas, but there was, uh, there was a, the entrance was, going down into the mikvah, and then there was an exit going up from the mikvah. There was an entrance and an exit. There were two different paths. So if you find Kalim in Yerushalayim on the way down towards the mikvah, right, even though, as we'll see, the rabbis assume that most Kalim, they were not Gozer, sign Kalim in Yerushalayim mostly are Tahar, but if it's on the way down into the mikvah, in the entrance area, presumably, why was it on the way down into the mikvah? Because it, it was going to be purified. Right, it was going to be immersed in the mikvah. So their chirid lebeisat fail the tummy. They're presuming their tummy. They never made it into the mikvah. Their chaliyah on the way out, the exit from the uh, from the mikvah, that presumably already went to the was already purified, and that's Torah. Shalokir doesn't aliyasim because the uh, the entrance and the uh, exit are not the same. They're two different paths. Different mayor. Yossi says kulon tar. No, makes them any clear you find in your shalim. You assume is tar except for Kalim that used specifically in a basic forest. Chutz min asal ba it's except for the basket and the shovel and the chisel, hamichos, especially for basic forest. Remember, in those days, they would bury people only temporarily because uh, of space, etc., and they'd be covered also for the families. They would bury them, and then after a year or so, after the body had decomposed, they would rebury the bones in the family plots. Uh, so the people who were osaic, uh, the, the grave diggers, uh, their kalim would be tummy because usually they touched a dead body. 
if it wasn't if if it wasn't grave diggers uh, kalim, then the Mishnah says you can assume they're tar no matter what. Sakin, and we're talking on, on Erev Pesach, we just, we finished uh, Pesachim, right? Sakin seems to be, un, be a dalad. You find a knife in Yerushalayim on the 14th of Pesach, the 14th of Nisan, rather, right? Before when you have to Shechakar Pesach. Shechakar you could use it right away. You can assume that that knife is Torah. This presumably is even uh, according to the Tanakama, uh, that it depends on where you found it. Because according to Rabbi Yossi, if it's not a if it's not a grave digger's tool, then it's certainly tar. But he says a knife that you find on Nissan, on Nissan, you could assume it's it's tar. Why? Because Kalim that had to be purified, you had to put them in the mikvah and wait for Erev Shemesh. So anything on your you find a knife. Anybody, everybody, uh, a knife is like a chalif you use for for shechita. Uh, anybody's knife would be tar because everybody had to be prepared for uh, for uh, Erev. Um, Erev Pesach, the Shechter Karbonos. So you could assume the knife is Torah. Bishloshos, if you find it on the 13th of Nisan, no, Shonamata, you better repeat and tell even though the odds are it's already Tahar, but maybe they hadn't gotten around to it. Maybe they retired their stuff right before, like people, Agolas uh, Kalim is right before Pesach, so here too, maybe they, um, maybe they hadn't been Tovalit yet because the last day to be Tovalit in which you could use it on your Dalit is the 13th. Your Tovalit on the 13th has hair of Shemesh, and then on the 14th, after sundown on the 13th, then you could use it on the 14th. So if you find it on the 13th, you're not sure if it's tar yet. Maybe they were going to do it later on in the day. So therefore, show them out, Bill, repeat the feel again. You know, it means that you do it once, but even if it's already tar, just to be safe, uh, tovel it again on the, on, on the 13th, and then it'll be okay on the 14th. That's for a regular knife that could be used for shechita, or it could be used to cut, uh, to cut some of the meat. Kupitz, a kupitz is more of a heavy-duty knife, like a cleaver. Something like that, a meat cleaver was used more mostly, see, a cleaver could break the bones. You wouldn't use a cleaver on carbon Pesach because you can't break the bones, right? You're not allowed to break the bones. But for the chagiga, which accompanied the carbon Pesach, if there was, if the carbon Pesach wasn't enough meat there and you had to eat the carbon Pesach, as we learned now on Sova, so you have for, therefore you had to um, have a chagiga with it, uh, if you needed it, sometimes you had the chagigas. If you find the meat cleaver, even if you find it on the 14th, you can't assume it's tar. Why? Because it could be that on the 14th, they didn't worry about the cleavers. They had enough meat from the carbon pesach. They didn't need to shech the chagiga on the 14th. They were going to use it on the 15th, let's say, as the carbon chagiga that they brought on the 15th, on Yantav itself. So if you find it, the kupitz, even if you find it on the 14th, you should still tovel it again because maybe it wasn't purified, maybe it wasn't necessary. But let's say the 14th came out on Shabbos. When you can't be tovel stuff on Shabbos, you can't, so it's like repairing it. It's an issue, it should be tovel and draw So then you could shech it right away because you can rest assured that they already tovel it on the 13th. The Tesvav also shochet b'miyad, found on the 15th. If you find it on the Yantav itself, for sure they were tovel it before and you could use it. Nimsik shur l'sakin. Let's say you find the cleaver attached, you know, it was like, a, a, you know, tied together with the knife. Then a reu kasakin, it's like the knife. And just like you could assume the knife has been purified on the fourth, by the 14th, it's purified. You can assume the cleaver has also been purified. We're going to see a... Um, Another opinion in the Gemara, a, a dissenting opinion of the Gemara, that's the other way around. If the sakin is attached to the cleaver, just like the cleaver, maybe on the 14th is not, has not been purified yet because he didn't need it on the 14th. Maybe the knife isn't also, so it depends how you look at it. So if they're attached together, they both have the same halacha, but what is that halacha? That they're both pure, they're both impure. So Armish just says they're both pure. We'll see a dissenting opinion of the Gemara. Ravavim Shemim Shuman Levi says like this. What was that thing we said? If you find spit in Yerushalayim, 
you assume it's tar, right? Most of the people are tar. Most people in your shalim are tar. And therefore, unless you find it in the shuk elyon, the upper market, what was the problem with the upper market? So he says, Katsun Shonacham, it was a, it was a, uh, a Goyesha laundry up there, Hayasham. Now, Goyim are not Tamimina Torah, right? There's no such thing as a Zav or a Zav or Nida, Mitzorah. By Goyim, it doesn't apply. The only time that Goyim are Tami is when they're dead. Like everybody is tummy when they're dead. People and animals are tummy when they're dead. But goyim are not tummy. Go, goyim and animals are not tummy when they're alive. But the rabbis decreed a tumadra bonan that you should stay away from the goyim. So they said they're tummy. So that's what he means over here too. If you're in a goyisha market, then if they're spit on the ground, it probably came from one of the goyisha uh, launderers, and therefore that's what he meant in the mission. Amar Prina said like this. There's different gears in the Gemara here. Some of another opinion here. My Gemara says like this. Aruros hayunochem yishalayim. The Goyim used to um, feed wild donkeys to the lions. So they used to spear them. Arudos, uh, wild donkeys, the Goyim would spear them yishalayim. Regolem mishtakim bedam. It's not clear again if he's going on the upper market. Maybe it's going on this upper market. That's why they were telling me they're not because the Goyim themselves, but because the Goyim used to kill um, wild donkeys there to feed them to uh, lions or whatever. So they would spear them there. And the Olegolim, if they passed through that area, they were knee-deep in this blood, in the blood of these uh, wild donkeys. And they came for the Chambalom Dover. And they said they did not answer. So here again, it doesn't match like we're explaining the reason why the, the spit is Tommy, because here we're not talking about the spit. And also we're saying that the rabbi said it's Torah. This here is going to be now a repeat. The next uh, 20, 25 lines in the Gemara is an exact repeat of the Gemara we had on Daf Tes Amaralf. There in this, in this Masech that we were discussing there, the, uh, an animal that dies is an Avela, it's Tommy. If you touch it, your tummy, it's, it's an avatummy in your tummy for a day. And then you go to the mikvah, you need her shemesh. What about the blood of an animal, of an avela? Is that tummy or not? The blood of a human is certainly tummy, if you have a revia sadam. What about the blood of an animal? So if it's less than a revia, certainly everybody, up to a, up into including revia, is certainly not tummy. There was a machlokas, which we had back on the test, the same machlokas we're going to have over here. If there's more than a revius of dam of an avela, is that matami or not? So here it says these the the, the Jewish people walked up into their knees in knee deep in <coughs> excuse me in um in nevela blood, and the chachamim did not uh, forbid them. The chacham didn't say that they're tummy, right? They said they they said that you know dam nevela is not tummy, and therefore there's no problem. Dam nevela is not tummy. Uh, uh, the flesh of an animal of a of a uh, not the hide, but the flesh of an animal. Uh, that died is Tomei, but not the blood. That's what they said. So Rav Shimon B'Shem Rav Shumalevi says like this, the, sa- the same same Gemara we had back on Daftes. Maisa B'Pir Dishon Beis Rebbe. There was a story with a mule, uh, a female mule, I guess, in the in the house of Rebbe. Shemesa died. V'tiras Tamem Shem Veil. And they said it's Tor. That's what he said. It's Tor B'Shum Nevela. That's what uh, Rabbi, we'll see Rabbi Yehuda was the posek there. And it's Tor Nevela. So Rebbe Shol Rav Shimon Ad Kama. How much? In other words, maybe only a small amount up until, up until including Ravius is not Tame. But uh, more is that Tame Vlog, but he didn't answer him. He didn't give him an answer. Shalom Shumalevi. So, uh, Rebelezer asked him Shumalevi, Amalei. So he told him, Ad Ravius Tor. Up until including Advad Bachlal, including Ravius of Dam, that's Tor. Yosemikan, more than that, that's Tame. Obashla Rebelezer, the Lochazerle, Reb Shimon. And now Rebelezer was a little bit upset that when he asked Reb Shimon, he didn't answer him. 
He didn't answer him. He didn't answer him. Maybe he didn't know. We'll see. Rabibi have a Yosef. Rabibi was sitting and learning. Masni Atenov was repeating over this story. He was telling He asked him also, he asked him this question, how much is Torah? You said over there that uh, in the house of Rebbe, the animal died and there were matar of the blood. Any amount or only up until a certain amount? So he answered him, Ad is tar, until Ravias is tar. Yos is more than that. So he said, until Ravias is tar. So he asked him, what about Yos and Mikan? Tame is more than that. Tame. Until Ravias is for sure tar, is more than that. Tame. And when he asked this question, Rabbi Yitzchak Rabbisna said to, uh, to Rabbi, uh, uh, he asked him, is more than a Ravias Tame? He avoided him. He like kicked him on the side. He didn't answer him. Why didn't you answer him? Just because he asked her Shiloh, you turn away, you avoid him? I, my mind was not at ease. I, I, couldn't be, I couldn't think. I'm very poor. We had this Gemara just like, you know, 10, 12 days ago. And the Pasuk, it talks about, in the Etochah, it says, and your life will be suspended, your life will be suspended in front of you. What is that? You don't have any property on your own. And you can't grow your own produce, and you have to contract with a uh, with a farmer uh, once a year to to sell you a wheat because you don't have your own property. You're not that wealthy. You'll be frightened night and day. That's a person who buys from a supplier, like a wholesaler or a store who sells a little bit of a time. So you buy from them. That's even worse. You won't even believe in your life. You buy from Baker, who already he doesn't even sell you the wheat. Uh, sells he just sells you the ready made. Uh, the ready-made challah or bread. Uh, and, you know, that's really, you don't even know if you'll have bread tomorrow. I'm so poor, I rely on him, that's why my mind wasn't easy. I just couldn't think. I'm so worried about my next meal, I couldn't think. Michael, what about, what's the halacha, though? Is uh, the dam nevela tome or not? If you have a, if you have more than a reviz, hey, al dam shutar. He, Rabbi says, says, listen, dam nevela is tar, period, even if it's more than a reviz. So, so that's apparently what he said. Mao tar. So he says, no, who says that tar? Maybe tar malahachshir. Maybe it's not considered like one of the seven liquids which can prepare something to become tummy. That's called, it's tummy, it's tar malahachshir. Halitami, mitami, but it could be mitami. If, if this item was already, uh, was already mushla kabotuma, and then maybe you could, maybe the dam nevela is matame. So tamantanin, we learned over there in Babel that what damasheret's matame, kibsoro. There we learned, it doesn't just mean in Babel, it means the Gemara in, in Machshir and other, and other places, damasheret's is matame kibsoro. Sheret's, there's certain kinds of sheret's whose skin, it's not really skin, it's like very thin, and their dam and the sheret's is like the busser itself. So, metame, it's metame, ve'ena machshir. And it's not machshir l'kavaltoma because it's considered like skin. The dam is like skin. And it's metame. Ve'ena l'kiyotzeba, we have nothing else like that. Mashma, ve'ena l'kiyotzeba, only dam sheretz, which is like, it's like the skin and the, and the dam is one. There, it's metame, it's mashma, ve'ena l'kiyotzeba, mashma, the dam and veil is not. So he says, no, and kiyotzeba means kashir tamasa. When he means kiyotzeba, it doesn't mean that other dam veil is not tame. Could be dam nevele is tame, but it just means that the shear, why? Because the shear of a sheretz, which is matame bekadasha, the size of a lentil bean, there the blood and the skin both have the same shear together. Therefore, the, we, these proofs, uh, that it's tar, 
or that 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 the Damveil's Torah is not really proofs. So you can argue and say no, Damveil is 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 tame. It's maybe it's not machshul kabbatoma, or it uh, doesn't have halacha of the shear of kadasha like a sheretz, but uh, it is tame if you have more than revias. So Amar Yosef pliga b'tram Maram. All this gemara we had before. Amar Yosef pliga b'tram is a machlok tanam chadamar. One says that if you have more than Ravias of Damvail, it's Tomei. One says it's Tar. Man, Tomei, goes like a right? Who said before that the amount in the, uh, the, the, the Prada over there in the house of Rabbi, he said, uh, they, they said over there, the tier was the Mamishim up until the Ravias. So, but more than Ravias is Tomei. That's like Rabbi Man, Tomei, Kerbiyuda. Amalei, Ravaduma, the Menachusa. Ravadum from that place said, the yes, it makes sense. Rabbiuda, Morayne, the Menachusa. He was the posake. There and he said up until Ravias is is, uh, is tar, but more than that would be tummy. The Mishnah said kolorokin. They're all tummy. He says lokein amar vu b'shem b'yosu b'chanina lo gazar How could you say that the that there that there was tuma in the um, in the upper marketplace in Yerushalayim? If you find spit that it's tummy, because it could have been tummy. Didn't we say that they were abundant? We're not gozer on spit in Yerushalayim because most of the Yerushalmiim are tar. So it we explained up above. Rav b'shem b'shem says katan shal nachem ha'yusham. It was a Goyish laundromat, so we assume that it came from Goyim, and Goyim or Tomei Drabonim. Bishayimosashana, so we said over there, Bishayimosashana, Tameyan, Malchishbolos. So we said, the other opinion, Rabbi Yossi said, we passed Rabbi Yossi, that in Yerushalayim it's like this. In, throughout the year, where most of the people in Yerushalayim could be Tomei, so the ones who walk shibolus means the middle of the road. Most since they are the majority, they take the middle of the road. Vatoma, the people who are tar, make sure Mahalchem and Atzad, they stand on the side of the road, so they don't want to become tamei from the people who from the people who are tamei. Vatoma and Mahalchem Stam, the different gears here also. The term Mahalchem the term who don't say anything at tamei proshu. In other words. Tarm who don't know where, where to go, or they're not sure, they don't say where they are, so the Tameim, who are the majority, say, listen, you, if you're, if you're Tar, stay on the side of the road. Bashasa Regal, in the time of the Regalim, when most of the people in Yerushalayim are Tar, Hator Machim Shavos, they go in the middle of the road, but Tameim Machim Sada, and the people who are Tameim, who are the minority, they walk on the side. And Atmein Machinsan, the ones who say who are not sure, Hatomram approach the term tell them, if you're not sure, stay on the side. If you're a Tomei, don't come near us. We're we're the majority now, we stay in the middle of the road. Call a Kalim and Imsum. So he said all the Kalim that are found in Yushalayim are uh are Tahar, right? If they're found on the road uh coming out of the mikvah, but on the way down to the mikvah, they are Tomei. How could they be Tomei? That the rabbis were not Gozer and Kemshalim. Most Kalim are kept in a state of Tahara. The answer is Mekivan Shinimsu, Derech Yeridal, the base of the field. Since they are found on the entrance into the mikvah, Nasu Ochiach. That's sort of like evidence. Yes, normally, if you find a Kli anywhere in Yerushalayim, you assume it's Tar. But if it's on the way into the mikvah, you have to assume why is it on the road, on the entrance into the mikvah? Probably because it was Tomei, and that indicates that uh, that's that's why it was found over there. Bashal Hayakori. Now, Bashal said that the um, uh, that the Gemara then what Rabbi said uh, all of them are tar except for uh, implements used in the basic forest, like the basket used to to put the uh, bones in, the shovel, and the maritzas, like the chisel, the hammer. So uh, what, what's going on with the hammer? So Abishol, Abishol was a grave digger himself. And um, 
he he cars and he called them like like fingernails because probably because because the shovel there whatever was like in the the shovel or the hammer was in the uh, it was like a chisel with a sharp end to it was the shape of a fingernail so he called it fingernails the one who called it more of a something it crushes because it breaks up the stone that you know if they have some stone on top then they got to dig in there in order to get the bones out that's why he's, he called it that kupitz Right, so he said, if you have, a, if you find a meat cleaver, uh, even if you find it on the fourteenth, it could be tome. But then he said, what happens if it's attached to the knife? Tony hasakin kashur raise a If the knife is attached to the meat cleaver, then the knife has aloha like the meat cleaver. The meat cleaver could be tome even on the fourteenth. That's how this Gemara learns, as opposed to our Mishnah, when it says, if you find the cleaver attached to the knife, then it's like the knife, and then and then it would be tar. So the Mishnah is lakula, and this shita is lachumra. Parochas, there were various kinds of parochas, maybe 13 different kinds of curtains in the base of Migdash, separating between the Kachikachim and not, separated uh, by the seven uh, gates, by the, uh, by the Ulam, uh, the entrance to the Ulam, entrance to the, entrance to the Heichel. There were different, um, there were different um, curtains. Let's say it became Tommy with a Vladatum. A Vladatum is the equivalent of a, um, of, um, of a Rishon Latum, right? You have, uh, and you have Aviyah Vosatoma as a dead body or a Metzorah. Then you have an Avatoma, a dead body. Uh, I mean, um, a uh, Avatoma is a person that was attended a, 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 a funeral or touched a dead body. That's an Avatoma. Or a, a Nevela, a dead animal, is an Avatoma. And then if, you, if, it touched, uh, if that touched a, um, a person, that would be a Vladatoma. Right? That would be like a Rishon is called a Vladatoma. So let's say the Parochas touched a Vladatoma. So if it touches tuba, it doesn't really need hair of shemesh. You can be told that inside the base of Igdash, inside the Azara, or, or inside the, right, inside the Azara, and you can put it up right away. You don't have to need hair of shemesh there at all. So that's what he says that, um, uh, you could, yeah, you can put it right in. You don't have to send it outside the Machinashchina, so it could stay in the Azara. And it doesn't need hair of shemesh. If it touched an avatoma, that means an avatum touched, let's say, a dead body or a nevela. You have to be told that outside the azara, and then you stretch it out, you dry it out on the chel. The chel was the perimeter around the azara, that area there. You have to wait anyway to live for, for sundown. It's both a new one, they would uh, spread it out on the roof of the, you know, so you have to, if no one else had to be tovel, and you spread it on the on the roof of the uh, of the itzba. The itzba is like a uh, a portico. It had with columns and with a top on it, but the open sides the sides were open. They stretched out there, which was on, which also surrounded the azara. The people should see how beautiful she knows. Very beautiful. That spread it out for the beauty. Parochas. How these parochas over tefach? It was a tefach thick. That's quite thick. It was woven with thir- with seventy two threads. And each thread, I'll call Nimanim Machafta, and each thread had 24 strands, was made up of 24 strands, very thick. Archa Memama was the four, the, it was the, it had a length of 40 amas, that's quite long. Baruch Bachafu by 20, so 40 by 20 that covered up the, uh, the doorway. Umi Pebez Ravu Haisanasis, and was made, Pebez is 82, Rebo is 10,000. So 82 times 10,000, 820,000, was made from 820,000. Either threads or coins. It's not sure if it means it cost that much money or it was made from eight hundred twenty thousand threads. 
should they may make two a year. It was such a big job, they can only produce two a year. And you need 300 kahanim to be told, it was such a big, uh, big curtain, you need a 300 kahanim. 300, when it says 300, we'll see that's an exaggeration. It just means you need a lot. You need a lot of kahanim to tovel it. If the Torah would just say chut, that would be one, echad. Kafu would say, if it would say doubled over, shnaim, that would be two threads. Shazur, if it would be, say, twisted, that would be three. Mashsar doubles that, and that's Lashisha, that's six. Arba, and there's four different species over here. Yeah, it's made from Tchelas, Argoman, Tala, Shani, and Sheish. So that's, and they're all twisted. So four different species times six threads, that's 24. That's how we get the idea that every thread was made from 24 strands. So again, chut would be one strand, kafal is two, shazur is three, masar makes it six, and there's four different species, four different kinds, that's a total of 24. That's the Tanakhama, that's our Mishnah. Another Bryce said, no, there's not 24, but it's 32. How do you get that? Elam or chut would be one thread, one strand. Kafal, that's double, that's shnaim. Shazur doubles that, would be four. And not three, but four. Mashar doubles that, that's eight. And four different species, Arba, Mikan, Lamed Beis, you have 32. So if, uh, eight times four is 32. Another Tana learned that it's, no, it's double the original amount, Memches. If we would say one, that would be one strand. Kaful is double, that's Shnaim. Klia, if it would be braided, if we would say braided would be three. Shazur is double that, that's six. Mashar is double that, that's 12. So each species is 12. 12 times 4 is 48. Arba, there's there four, four different species. So he says it's a total of 48 strands in each thread. Kosovech, one post, says, my sarokeim. It's the, uh, it's the work of an embroiderer. Interesting, yeah, not, not rokeach, right? Rokeach is a person that compounds spices. In modern Hebrew, it's a, a pharmacist, right? My sarokeim is like an embroiderer. Kosovech, my sarokeim. Another Pusik text ended up being a work of a designer. Now, it's not by the same item. Rashi, the first says that by the Masacha Pesach, the screen over the doorway of the Pesach of the Mishkan, it says Rokeim. And by the Parochus, it says Choshev, a designer. So Meiser Rokeim, Meiser Rokeim, according to one's, is, is parts of Echid, it's like one face, one side. Meiser Choshev is Beiser Fuvas. Rabbi Yudam you really argue about this, though. Why Chadomer, Meiser Rokeim is Arimikam, Arimikam. Once his rokeim has double face. In other words, there's a lion, as a, a lion is embroidered on each side. My sechoshev arimikan vechalak mikan. The my sechoshev is only has only has one face. as a lion on one side and it's smooth on the other side, meaning it's blank on the other side. But the other one says, no, like we said originally, my sechoshev is arimikan vechalak mikan. That a rokeim is like only one face and lion on one side and and uh, blank on the other side. Maisachoshev is arimikan v'neshemikan, a lion on one side and a nesher on the other side. A nesher is sometimes translated as a <clears throat> as an eagle. Sometimes it's translated as a vulture, depending on how you know what, who the experts are in, in translating these things. Um, normally, in modern Hebrew, I think nesher is usually used as a, as an eagle. Uh, <clears throat> the Pebez Reboi Sanasi was made from 820,000 either coins or, or strands. And then we said, and you needed 300 people to be told. When it says 300, 300 doesn't mean you need exactly 300. It just means you need a lot of guys, a lot of guys to pick up this heavy thing. Similarly, we learned to Montanina in Zvachim, we learned that um, but in the in the Mizbeach, right, that... Uh, that uh, the tapuach on the mezbeach, the ashes from all the burning, all the uh, things burnt on the mezbeach, 
It had 300 korach, fantastic amount of ashes on top of the Mizbeach. And Rabbi Yosef Rabon says, Again, it just means a large amount. We're exaggerating. 300 way of saying that we don't have an exact amount, but it's a very large amount. Whether it's a large amount of people, large amount of ash, it just means a very large amount. All right, we'll stop here. Tomorrow we'll pick up from the Mishnah and Bezos Hashem finish Shkolem. And maybe we'll get a chance. I'm not sure if we'll get a chance to start Yuma, but bring a Yuma anyway. We call it Yuma. The correct name is Yoma, but like many things, we go by the way we called it in the yeshiva is Yuma. We talk about Yom Kippur, Yoma, and that yeah. begins. Pardon? Yes, Yoma, right? Yoma, Yoma is the correct way to say it, but we always it's say the Yoma. Yoma's the day. Yeah. Right. yeah, the day, the day. Yoma's it. Yoma is Aramaic for Yom. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.